It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This was a very emotional, painful experience, but I don't want this to be me being a victim of a situation, but once you see things constantly, you have to acknowledge the toxicity or an unhealthy situation you're in. And like you said, you have to choose yourself. If you can't love yourself, nobody else will. And so I think that's like the biggest takeaway that I will take from this whole process, this whole experience and everything that's become. Welcome to another episode, the final episode in our recap of Married at First Sight Atlanta. I hope those of you guys who just listened to this will stick around because the schedule is going to be changing until Married at First Sight Houston comes back, which is in July, I think. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there will be some other like pop culture and reality TV related things happening in the interim so stick around and if not I'll see you back when the next season begins but let's talk about our final episode part two of the reunion obviously we have to start where we left off last week which was with Chris and Paige more specifically um Chris versus Pastor Dwight so Chris still yelling about, you know, oh, meet me out in the motherfucking parking lot. Oh, blah, blah. You know, of course, he's got a backpack that has nothing in it. Walking to a car that is clearly something he just got because there's no license plate on it. It's still got the dealership plate on it, of course. Um, I don't know about you guys, but in my mind, when I think about the phrase what the phrase meet me in the parking lot means. I'm picturing it's dark outside. It's ominous. There's a sense of danger in the air. And what we see of Chris shuffling out into the parking lot is just like some studio in suburban Atlanta. It's like a dreary, what looks to be like a dreary, kind of rainy, drizzly day. That's not really what I'm picturing, you know? I'm picturing either West Side Story Sharks versus Jets, where they're like in a basketball court, you know, that doesn't have a hoop in it. Or it's like, you know, um, Thriller, 
you know, or just any, any song in Michael Jackson's bad album. Right. Um, this was not giving what it was supposed to give. And I felt like the first thing that came to my mind is the pavement is wet. The drive, the, um, parking lot is wet. I'm picturing there's not a chance in hell that either Chris or Pastor Dwight have a tread on their Chelsea boot or whatever shoe they just got, you know, the, the red bottoms, um, as my mom so, um, accurately pointed out that <laughs> she feels like Chris was trying to show off the fact, show us, you know, showing feet in the, in the married at first sight chat by showing off that he had red bottoms. And she would also like everybody to know that, um, red bottom doesn't necessarily always equate to a Louboutin because some companies make fake ones. But anyway, I'm just figuring, thinking about these men fighting pastor dwight's got you know he's like sewn into his vest like some sort of victorian situation um he how are these men gonna fight how are these men gonna be fighting slipping and sliding in their new shoes your aldo shoes that you spray painted red not gonna happen would i like to see it yes it would be the equivalent of like mud wrestling but you know at a brunch at some sort of like, you know, R and B brunch situation. How are you going to try and fight somebody who's in a matching suit as you? Come on. Come on. Anyway. Um, of course, Paige is chasing after him. So she goes into his newly leased Audi and she's like, Oh, you just, it's, we just did such a great job just to like, fuck it up like that. And it's like, girl, let it go especially from what she says from this point like from the time chris leaves to the end of the episode which is like you're saying you're talking about out of both sides of your mouth ma'am but more on that later so chris says you know i just don't want to i don't want to keep filming right now again he's got the full directorial um consent and and power on this show and I don't understand why they don't just try and hold him more accountable and make him do things because he signed a contract with this show but again he starts talking about how he doesn't want to film if Pastor Dwight's in and again production caters to him and his ego and they're like they end up kicking past we never we never hear from Pastor Dwight again never seen or heard from again um so they get him back on stage with Paige and a page again starts talking about how things were always also great until Pastor Dwight showed up and Chris says that he has no problem cuz the thing that set Pastor that that set Chris off last week was the fact that Pastor Dwight said Chris doesn't like to be corrected and so Chris says he has no problem being corrected by people and taking you know it on that thick chin of his and but he just didn't want to hear it from Pastor Dwight because he felt like Pastor Dwight kept, in his words, talking down to him. Okay. So whatever, dude. Whatever. I also want a running tally up on the screen. I wish they had done this of how much Chris's shenanigans have cost production from him running off 
to not wanting to film, wanting to do mic off. We're into day two because you wanted to run away and cry. Um, we're having to film six hour days when it should probably only have been one hour. You know, I just want to know like how much, how much did this show, how much has Chris cost this show? <laughs> we know the emotional damage that is, um, he has inflicted. It has been, um, priceless. We just put a priceless tag right on that one. But, I would bet that he has probably cost them tens of thousands just on overtime alone. Shame on him. Kevin asks how they're doing. He says, I'm not okay, but I'll be okay for Paige. And Paige is talking about how she's a little shaky and overwhelmed because, you know, it was all good just five minutes ago. Um, and then Chris starts talking about how, you know, he's, I'm sorry that everybody had to see that, but you know, I had a deep emotional connection with Dwight and he was supposed to be one of my grooms. And so when, when he heard that what he perceived to be a condescending tone from pastor Dwight, he felt some type of way about him saying that, you know, Chris doesn't like to be corrected. And Chris says, you know, I just don't need to be corrected by him. Now, one of you, my girl DM'd me and said that, Chris is, has been, how do I say this? Chris has been apparently not, not giving people a reason to think that Pastor Dwight and he may have had some sort of relationship. I'll say that. (laughs) Apparently there was, he was in a group Um, And then when questions started arising, he got, um, he left the group, didn't say anything. He just fled. There, there have just been some rumors as maybe there's something going on between them. I don't know, but I will say that it didn't help that he says that he has a deep emotional connection with him. And like, he clearly is so hurt by Pastor Dwight in a way that like he's not being honest about what he's heard about like I do think that most of this is just he has an ego he looked to Pastor Dwight as some sort of ally and not as the mentor-mentee relationship that Pastor Dwight felt it was and mm, I don't know why were you going to here's my question. Why would Chris say he was going to be my groomsman? He did marry them, right? Didn't he marry them? Why did he say that Chris, that Pastor Dwight was going to be his groomsman if he also said last week that they weren't friends and they've never been friends? Isn't that what he said? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaking it. I don't know. Kevin asks if there's any chance of them becoming friends or reconciling later. And Chris says, you know, I have nothing to say to him, but I wish him the best. And so Kevin says, hey, maybe you should take this as a lesson to, you know, not let people in your life who are going to upset you this badly. (laughs) And, you know, even just say, why don't you just try and be the bigger person? Hug him, say, I love you. Even if you know you're never going to speak to him, just like end it on a whatever note and keep it pushing. So then Kevin asks Chris what he will take away from this experience with Paige. And Chris's first response is to throw his head back and laugh. And he says, you know, I, I regret the process that Paige went through because she deserves much better and she deserves a redo at love. So if you're hearing um, production, since Chris apparently has so much sway, why don't you just move? Why don't we just move Paige down to Houston? So you can get a crack at it with somebody in Texas, you know, 
maybe maybe we'll see what's happening with them. So Chris gets up to leave, and that's the last we see of him. So hello, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that. And then we get the best scene. I will say, you know, part two or final parts to a reunion don't tend to answer questions that you want answered or, you know, they tend to be boring. And I'm not going to say that part two wasn't boring. It was. But there were a lot of questions that were personally that I've been asking this whole time that got answered. And I appreciate that. And that people came out that we needed to see. And I've been calling for the return of Nancy and my God, we got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Nancy, if you guys don't remember, is Paige's friend, Paige's bridesmaid. Um, one of the women who listened to Chris say within 45 seconds of meeting them that he, um, who looks like he could literally be the new spokesperson for Hamburger Helper, not as the uh, oven mitt, but the actual ground beef, um, that he was not attracted to Paige and that she was good on paper, but she wasn't necessarily a trophy wife. So Nancy and I, through the screen, were like, oh girl, we see each other. We are the exact type, same type of friends. Nancy felt some type of way about it, but I feel like all season, myself and everybody have been like, where are Paige's friends? Because they saw right through him immediately and they let their girl do what they, you know, do what she was going to do. But they clearly saw that there was some bullshit on the horizon. Before we get to Nancy, though, Paige has a little bit of a one-on-one -on -one with Kevin. And she's still acting like she's so surprised that Chris continues to do the exact same thing and act the exact same way he has this entire season. I don't know why it's surprising to her. But, you know, <laughs> like, if I hadn't given up on Paige in basically every episode since, like, episode five, I would have now. Because it's just a bridge too far for me. It really is. Kevin starts asking how hard this experience was for her. And Paige says it was traumatic because she never really considered what would happen if things went bad when she got, went into this experience and how she feels robbed. Now, Paige basically just echoes the same things over and over that we've been hearing since she... Well, since Chris dumped her. And so I'm getting a little, it's getting a little old. It's getting a little broken record for me, but okay. I'm, I'm going to, we're just going to keep chugging along. <laughs> so, um, and it's not, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm being insensitive to her, but I feel like I'm being realistic and being realistic about the situation requires a bit of tough love. Um, so I do think it's interesting that she basically admits that she was kind of the opposite of Clara, who on wedding day, when Ryan asked what her biggest fear was, she says that you're not going to love me as I'm going to fall in love with you and you're not going to feel the same way. The page just didn't consider it at all, even though she admitted from jump that something didn't feel right. And she told her bridesmaids that at the wedding. What I think is really happening with Paige and what continues to happen and what is going to continue. I don't think she's going to find herself in a mess quite like this again. But I do think all the therapy in the world is not going to help if or it's only going to go so far if 
you, how do I say this? If she continues to fight against her instinct, that I think is what I have been looking for her to say is that she did not listen or trust her instincts in the situations because there were several times where she said like something doesn't feel right I don't feel good about this I don't like this I don't like the way I'm being treated and yet we get the but which is her version of God that apparently has preordained her to be in this absolute nightmare relationship or not even a relationship I don't know I I think she just needs to trust herself more I think that's the missing part for me um, so then Kevin brings up the conversation that Pastor Cal had with Chris about where he basically called her ugly, right? And Paige says that she's usually a very secure woman. I would disagree, but okay. And how she's never going to feed into a man who manipulates her, but you did. Okay. Um, she even clarifies that she's like, listen, y'all. Clearly, she has seen Twitter. Clearly, she's seen all the memes. She's seen all the comments on the Married at First Sight uh, Instagram account. She knows. And I could understand how you might feel like you have to defend yourself a little bit. But here's what she says, y'all. She says... I'm, I want to clear some things up because I'm not a weak-willed woman, but I believed in the process and the commitment of being married to someone, so I'm not just going to give up. And also, I wasn't privy to some of the conversations that were being had about me, about not being a trophy wife and not being his type. And she feels like we, me, everybody on Twitter, y'all, <laughs> who have thought and tweeted and and written comments that she thinks that we are in an outside looking in situation where people think that she's stupid or she has self-esteem issues to be dealing with a man like him and how it's extremely hurtful so yes it is an outside looking in situation that's what reality tv is that people are watching what is supposed to be your real life on TV, that's literally the whole point. And you can't really be shocked when people have opinions about it. <laughs> um, but okay. And you need to not be hurt by what people see on the TV and how they react to it. You need to be hurt by how you were treated, ma'am. <laughs> not, not because we feel the same way. That you did. And of course everybody feels like you have low self-esteem. Of course everybody feels like what you're doing is stupid. I'm sure a lot of people said, Paige is a stupid woman. I would not be surprised if I was one of them. But I think if I had to correct myself, I would say Paige is a... No, I would say Paige is a stupid woman. <laughs> And to say, like, yeah, y'all, I wasn't privy to all these conversations that were being had, but the ones that you were involved in, like, okay, yeah, you didn't hear that he did, he said that you weren't a trophy wife, but you heard him when he said he wasn't attracted to you. He said that to your face and you continued to sleep with him. 
which is stupid behavior and also the behavior of somebody who has low (laughs) self-esteem. So, I I mean, you can say that you didn't know, but what you did know was bad enough, ma'am. It was plenty bad. Kevin, thank God, breaks it all the way down for her and says, I think some of what it is that people see is a woman who they see as smart, beautiful, a great catch. And then they're also like, why are you being hypnotized by this dude who's acting like he doesn't want to be with you and has another baby and is buying that baby mama a car and doing all these other things? I don't think people are coming from a place of hate. They're coming from a place of bewilderment. Yeah. Exactly. And this is why Kevin Frazier is a top tier reality TV host. Like, we're not getting it like this over, um, definitely not over at TLC. Occasionally we get it over at Bravo, but Kevin, he's doing the work. He's doing the work. So may God bless him. May God bless him. Um, So Paige says that she was committed to the process again, things we've already heard, but, you know, and seeing it through, she's emotionally drained, of course, and this whole thing has been a circus, correct, and she would never wish it on her worst enemy, also correct. Um, Kevin says, you didn't create the madness, though. You conducted yourself like a wife, a wife who was committed. Um, He created the situation, Chris created the situation and disrespected you, and you came here to defend him. Even now, even today, (laughs) I mean, I know he means you conducted yourself like a wife to be a compliment, but I think we also need to divorce ourselves from the idea that wives are these stand by your men types who are just fully committed to absolute tomfoolery. On, on the part of their partners. Okay. Paige starts talking about how she's a Christian woman and it's not her job to tear other people down. Okay. But you didn't even have to do that. Just telling the truth. But okay. So Chris has apologized to her allegedly privately 20 times over. Okay. But then here he is again in front of the cameras acting like he wants to take his tartan off and engage in fisticuffs with a pastor. So, you know, maybe he needs to apologize to you privately 20 more times. Um, so then finally the woman of the hour, Nancy is back. Um, I just wish that they had Nancy on stage with Chris, like, because they really, Like, if Chris had stood up like he did to Pastor Dwight, I know that, A, Nancy would stand up, get buck with him, and beat the brakes off of his ass. And I would have loved to see it. And I would have paid $5 to $7.99 to watch that happen. You know? To watch it live and not wait for somebody to upload it 20 minutes later. I would have, I would have done that. I would have put up the money. Yeah. So Kevin starts off by asking Nancy what her first thoughts were. And Nancy says, oh, I knew from the beginning that they weren't a match, but I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I think what she really means was production told me not to really tell me, tell her how I really felt because they had a job to do, honestly. Um, 
it's just like I bit my tongue a lot more than I would have wanted to. <laughs> and I thought, I can't make you, Paige, see what I'm seeing. So Paige starts talking about how she understands Nancy and how she wouldn't have um, said much to her if the roles were reversed because, you know, it was my day and blah, blah, blah. Nancy's like, mm, sorry to cut you off, Paige, but I just want to let you know that if I had seen the things that I've watched on this show, I never would have bit my tongue. Ever. <laughs> and I feel like Chris got lucky with me because that's not usually how I am. So shout out to all my friends and family and the Lord for working on me in this moment. <laughs> because I think I was very graceful. <laughs> I love her. There's nobody better. Thank you. So Kevin tells Nancy about how how Chris came in and how he was all apologetic earlier in the day and asks her if she accepts his apology. And she says, no, no, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what he could do. Like, there's not enough apologizing in the world. And I don't know what he could do to make me feel... I don't know how I could feel differently towards him than I do now. But what I will say is that Chris is the epitome of why black mental health matters. <laughs> I mean, just like a seven layer dip of shade and truth. And I love her and I want her to be the co-host as much as I have just been praising Kevin. I would like her. I would like her to host the after show. Sorry. But uh, I would love that. I really would. Um, so then. Kevin... <laughs> Sorry. Still very funny to me. <laughs> so then Kevin says, you know, a lot of people were wondering where Paige's friends were during all this time. And Paige says, or Nancy says, we weren't around because we're not as graceful as pages. And again, this holds true to my theory that they were probably really wanting to tell her the truth on camera and they were being prevented from doing so. So Nancy <laughs> then says that I that she was thinking about showing a, a throwing a shoe from off camera at Chris, but she didn't want to do that because, you know, she's like, Paige, you don't conduct yourself like that. But if I saw him in the street or a dark alley, I can't say that I would handle myself as well as I have been. So <laughs> then Kevin asked Nancy if Paige is okay. And she's like, no, my friend is not okay. She's going to be going on a journey of healing. And I know that any man who comes into her life is going to have to help her unpack some stuff. Some of these wounds that, he, that Chris has caused. But at the same time, I think that she's emerging stronger and that this is going to be a blessing in disguise for her. So... Kudos to you. Kevin makes a comment about how, um, you know, I, I understand how you might want to catch uh, Chris in these streets. And she's like, well, I still might. So <laughs> oh, she's going to be waiting outside that deserted subway. Like, I know one day you're going to forget that you left one of your, uh, you know, uh, Louis Vuitton or fake Burberry belts in the office. And I'm going to be waiting. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. So shout out to Nancy. 
I hope she got a check for coming on that because she did what she had to do. She understood the assignment and she executed it perfectly. And I love her and I want her to be my friend. Nancy, if you hear me, hit me up. You can DM me at everyone's business but mine on IG. Okay, let's move on to Haley and Jacob. So naturally, Haley and Jacob have not seen each other since decision day. I wish that Kevin had asked if... Haley was blocked on all social media, as she told us earlier, or at last episode, but they didn't do it. This, how do I say this? I gotta say that this segment with Haley and Jacob was equal parts, like, boring, annoying, and satisfying, I guess. (laughs) So, it was very obvious that Kevin was team Haley this entire time and he really gave it to Jacob. So Kevin starts by asking a very trolly question of how it feels to be back sitting next to each other. And um, Haley's like, well, there's a feeling (laughs) that that describes Haley perfectly is there's a feeling no description as to what that is. Clearly, somebody's feeling some type of way. Haley's feeling some type of way. But what that feeling is, not sure. But there's definitely a feeling. Um, Jacob says he's indifferent. He's clearly, like... (sighs) Jacob aggravates me. And no more has he aggravated. I have been on the fence about both of them this entire season. Being, I think, extremely fair to both of them. And how they both equal parts ruin this relationship, but also they just like were never on the same page with one another. So this is why I find Jacob annoying. Clearly Jacob is incel adjacent. I don't know what it is, but like something, a lot of things are just wrapped up in self pity and insecurity and it's like everything Haley says, he's waiting to see what her response is going to be. And his response is shittier and bitchier and just like more like attempting to be shady. But it's just it's petty and not in a way that like petty is fun and can be fun. People are taking Jacob specifically is taking the word petty and using it for evil, which Really, you should just be using it for, like, evil but funny. This is just evil and exhausting. We also have to talk about, once again, who was the... What did they send in the Married at First Sight Slack to denote every guy? He was also dressed, like I said last week, like Ryan and uh, Eric, like a bar owner and his wife that he found working at the establishment, but now she's like, you know, his wife. So he is dressed like some sort of club owner. So if Ryan was the owner of like a speakeasy, but like a speakeasy that does like, that focuses on like craft breweries and like just very like hard to find local IPAs. Eric was dressed like a speakeasy but like a Vegas style where it's like you know martinis and things of that nature um Jacob's dressed like the owner 
of a club that is called Speakeasy, but also has like a step and repeat in front of it. So he's wearing like a blue blazer with the like black lapel um, satin and he's got some shirt that I'm sure says something really stupid, but I refuse to even just try and decipher in my mind past the blazer what's being said. Um, he's wearing the same airy by um, Air Apostle or American Eagle um, jeans, size 14 that Chris is used to wearing, the ripped jean the distressed jean and then he's got some Nikes on which were actually like kind of nice but it had nothing to do with the rest of the outfit so you know points away from for lack of cohesion if you will um so Kevin asked Jacob if he wants to say Haley do you do you want to say like Haley looks nice today and he just stares at Kevin see this is what I mean like you're just being petty because you're doing petty shit out of spite like, if you're going to be petty, just be good at it, you know? And this is not good. So they will say that life basically went back to normal for them after decision day. Haley's still being bridesmaids. She said she had two back-to-back weddings that she went to right after decision day and that she's much happier being in that supportive role than being the main um, contender. And Jacob actually did say that he took a couple weeks to himself um, to try and like sort things out. I don't know what, like, did the outdoor beach get messed up? Did you have to bring in more sand? Um, maybe some of the lights in your, um, 80s basement went out. I don't know. (laughs) And I don't care. Um, they both say that they went into the situation with the best of intentions, but Jacob says that they're both two different people and it just didn't work out. And then Kevin asked Jake if he wishes he had done better interesting (laughs) so and Jacob says that he was himself the entire time but that Haley didn't like him and that's okay but it's not okay so don't say it you know I don't like I don't like the sarcasm you know it really is the lowest form of humor and it's just like ew He, he just sounds bitter and he's got bitter beer face you remember those commercials from the bitter beer face that's what he that's how did I just now think about that? He has bitter beer face. <sighs> wow. If I could turn back time, I would have used that against him this entire season. Um, so then Kevin, so Jacob's like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Please sorry for me. She didn't like me, but it's okay. Like, <laughs> and Kevin turns to Haley and says, okay, Haley. So, what is it that you quote unquote didn't like since Jacob keeps saying that you didn't like him? And Haley's like, well, I didn't understand his humor. There were a lot of quirks that he had that I couldn't wrap my head around. And we just didn't really communicate. The communication aspect is what really seems to trigger Jacob because he goes off and he's like, well, when I tried to communicate with Haley, it would usually annoy her. So I tried to back off for periods of time. And then Kevin asked Jacob, what he feels annoyed Haley. What is it about that you that you thought that was so annoying to Haley? And he says, well, you know, I'm just not like a very serious person. And, you know, maybe she didn't like my playfulness. And Haley's like, I didn't pick up on any playfulness. (laughs) Thank you. 
<laughs> I have he cracked a couple jokes or two. But it seems like in an effort to make himself look like the good person, he tells on himself. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what I always appreciate out of reality. This is like the main thing that I like about reality TV is eventually people tell on themselves. And Jacob did it. He does it every time he explains what it is, what the efforts he made to try and make this relationship work. So he'll be like, you know, I asked her what wasn't working. I asked her why she wasn't attracted to me. I asked her this, that, and the third. And think of how you would feel if somebody kept asking you if you were attracted to them, why you weren't attracted to them, and then would ask you if they could be physical with you in some aspect, kissing, hugging, hand-holding, whatever, and then they want to look at you and ask, like, why aren't you interested in me? It's like the equivalent of like, I bet Jacob is the person who will pick up on something. Like, he's the guy in the office where, like, if you have a bad day or you're annoyed or some other coworker pissed you off or your boss, he will come up to you in your cubicle and be like, are you annoyed? Because you seem, like, really annoyed. Like, are you annoyed? And then it's it's like you could have just let it go, but then somebody asks you if you're annoyed or if you're mad, and then you start to feel that way. Because they asked you and they won't just leave you well enough alone. This is what I think is purely like what happened between Jacob and Haley. And I get it. I get the breakdown for both sides. But if now we're at the end of the season, I'm siding with Haley. And I'm siding with Kevin, who's also siding with Haley. So um, then they said... Jacob says that, you know, the worst part about all of this was on decision day and it just felt like it's Haley tried to throw me under the bus and blame me for everything when in his words, we went through hell together. And Haley says, it's not like I felt like Jacob didn't try through the marriage. I just feel like he didn't try to get to know me. Like, he was trying to figure something out without, <laughs> while leaving me a critical piece of the puzzle out of the equation. So then Haley says that there was never a two-way street between them. But Jacob says, well, the truth is you didn't really want me to engage you with heavy stuff or light stuff. You didn't even want to be in the same room as me. And I just don't know if you hate me as a person, but you definitely hated me as a husband. And the answer to that is probably both, you know, (laughs) she hated you as a person And could not even conceive of being attached to you as a husband-wife relationship. Um, So Kevin says he, he tries to philosophize and therapize them a little bit. And he says that his favorite couple of all time was Jamie and Doug. Now, I did not watch their season. I've, I think I've only started watching, uh, this may be like my fourth season. So I think Jamie and Doug were the first season. It doesn't really matter. The point of the matter is for those of you who don't, I know enough about their story. The point is that Jamie was not attracted to Doug. And when they had their wedding day, she had a whole breakdown crying on the floor about how she just like, I just don't know how I can do this. I'm not into him physically. I don't know how this is going to work. Um, But then Kevin goes on to say, but you know what? Doug didn't 
like accept that he brought his a game the entire time he was like if she's not into me physically i'm gonna make sure she's into me emotionally and all that so basically jacob why did you not dig your heels in and try to make this relationship work jacob says that Haley was constantly disrespecting him and she makes a face like are you kidding me And she asks Kevin, do you think that I was disrespecting Jacob during this? And Jacob goes on to say, you know, if, um, if I did the things to her that she did to me, then she would feel insulted. And Haley's like, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel insulted at all. And here's what annoys me is that you always put your feelings onto me. So you always create these situations where like, if I were you or, you know, you would feel this type of way if this happened to you and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't like that. And I got what she was saying. Like he creates, like I said, he creates a whole narrative and a whole journey and he doesn't bring Haley along until he's ready to feel better about himself. And that's really annoying. (laughs) It's really annoying. He keeps creating these situations in his head and then he wants to be upset with her when they actually happen. But these situations wouldn't happen if you didn't create them and then try to execute them in real life. Kevin cuts in and says, Jacob, was there any point where you tried to romance her? And Haley shakes her head no. And Jacob's like, well, she despised me. And that, again, telling on yourself. You never tried to, like, once you had one ounce of a perception of she's not that into me. Every, your whole relationship became, why aren't you into me? It never was a conversation of like, he says that he said, what can I change or what can I do better or whatever? But I don't think he ever did. I think immediately it became a pity party immediately. And I think if he had tried to just be himself or tried to make her feel comfortable in the relationship instead of putting her in like an investigation interrogation room things would be different do i think that they would say yes to each other i don't know because we never really saw either of their personalities (laughs) neither of them seem all that cool to be honest with you but i think it would have been a less contentious situation for sure so after jacob says she despised me in response to kevin asking if he ever tried to be romantic toward her Kevin's like, okay, so are you saying that she wouldn't let you be nice to her? Because that sounds like bullshit. (laughs) He's like, you can just tell that he wants to call BS on the situation. So then to add fuel to the fire, we have to relive that tacky bracelet situation. And we have to watch the scene where Haley calls her mom after Jacob explodes on her over this ugly infinity bracelet. She calls her mom and says, hey, mom. Uh, can you ship that bracelet overnight because uh, Jacob put my Alabama hat that I gave him on the dresser. Didn't even tell me he was giving it back. The one that I gave him on the wedding day. So can if you don't mind like overnighting this ugly ass bracelet so that he will shut the fuck up about it. Thanks mom. So they do a picture in picture of them playing the scene and Jacob's reaction. And you could tell he like was getting pissed. You could tell, like, he started adjusting himself. He started moving his neck. Like, 
you could tell that he was trying to stop himself from going off. And he says, fair enough point. I've always been on Jacob's side when it comes to this bracelet. Because here's what he says. He says, I think if you give a gift that you should at least have it in the same zip code (laughs) as your place of residence. And that... You know, if you didn't like it, we could have had a conversation about that. We could have gone to the store and gotten something else. Because I just got it because I thought it looked nice. Like, he admits, you know, I I didn't know you. And I just picked whatever I thought would be cute. And if you didn't like it, that would have been fine. Do I think it would have been fine? No. Because he has shown himself to be one of the more sensitive men on the show. (laughs) But if that's what you're saying, that it would have been a totally different conversation, fine. I can agree to that. And I've really never been on Haley's side with like, you just need to accept what gift, so you know, what happens to a gift. Like, no. You can accept... If somebody gave me a jewelry and I didn't like it, I probably wouldn't say anything to them, but I probably would just not wear it. But you know what? I would have it and I probably wouldn't just keep like, especially, okay. If it's your husband, you know, (laughs) if it's your husband, you don't just keep the gift over at your mom's house. Like it's not a good look. It's not a good look. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So when Haley says, oh, you shouldn't give a gift that you uh, uh, expect to have returned, it's like, well, you know, he didn't expect 
for you to give it back to him. He expected you to at least respect him by having it in your possession. And you didn't. You kept it at your mama's house. Out of state. (laughs) And so I understand his annoyance. I think he could have gone about it differently. But I also think... Haley's being too defensive, and the reason why she's being so defensive is because she just doesn't fuck with this dude. And so, like, it really doesn't matter at this point. I think she's so over him. It's whatever, but I'm I'm gonna give it one point to Jacob on this. Jacob continues the pity party once again about how she Haley was acting about acting like she never liked him, and Kevin says, "Why does it always go back to her not liking you?" Like, it's a little bit of a broken record. The sky's blue. She doesn't like you. The grass is green. She doesn't like you. You know, (laughs) it's nice outside. You don't like me. Um, You know, you don't, you need to understand how that could be wearing on a person. Thank you. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Um, And I say this as somebody who's probably done that to people, you know, (laughs) I get it. It's probably not fun to have conversations about like whether or not you're into a person, but also it's like, you know, Haley's was never really that honest. And it, was she not that honest because she wasn't really fucking with him? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but then we both have to just admit that like both of us are at fault. I think Jacob feels some type of way because he needs in his mind for Haley to take some responsibility and she's not going to do that. <clears throat> and he, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. He needs to accept that. What is wrong with my voice? (laughs) What is going on here? I sound like Carol Radzewill. Okay, hold on one second. He insists that Jacob, or excuse me, that Haley wouldn't want to try and touch him or have him try to touch her. And she was cold the entire time. How he doesn't want to tolerate the idea that he didn't try and that he's been checked out since day one. So Kevin says, breaks it all the way down, is like, I hate to be crass, but... I have never slept with a woman who hated me and I feel like her sleeping with you was a sign that she was trying when in this relationship. Um, I don't know how it looks in your book, but in my book, that is a try. So Jacob is immediately like, well, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Haley's jaw drops like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's saying this. And Jacob says, well, the reason why I feel that way is because I've heard Haley use the phrase, get it over with, in reference to, or as a way to describe having sex with me. And Haley's like, I literally never use that phrase. I told you before I never said that. It, It seems like either something he thought he heard or he was told by somebody, or I don't know. But it seems like a conversation that they had had before. Um, and <laughs> so there's like a back and forth about like, I'm lying, or you're lying, no, you're lying, you're, no, you're lying, I'm willing to take a polygraph test, well, hook me up right now. And then it just gets very silly. As soon as people bring up the idea of like a polygraph test, like, y'all, we don't need to do that. Okay, we're all better than that. Let's leave the polygraph tests um, in 1994 where they belong. Okay, let's leave them on Maury. Let's leave them on Ricky Lake. Let's just 
leave them in the 90s where they belong. So much technology has happened. And I know that <laughs> Jacob is, you know, that's probably very advanced technology for Jacob, who is still, you know, um, probably uses Betamax to watch movies. But let's let's move on. Saying, like, throwing around the word polygraph test or lie detector test, like, girl, girl, come on. Um, so, Kevin then point blank asks Haley, what was missing? What was missing? And Haley says, well, I tried to have an emotional connection. I tried to have a physical connection. I feel like I exhausted all of my options, but we just did not ever get to a place where we connected. And that's what it was for me. So Kevin kind of laughs when he says this, but he's like, so is there um, anything about Jacob that you like? (laughs) And Haley says, overall, I think he was a nice guy and I think he'll make a good husband for someone else. (laughs) So then Kevin asks Jacob if there's anything about Haley that he likes. And he's like, well, you know, it's hard to compliment somebody that inspires me so much. Again, it's like lame, lame-o. And he says, but I would say that she's very driven. Again, Jacob brings up all the things he tried to do that Haley wasn't receptive to. And that included a time where he claims that he asked Haley if she can dance and if she would teach him a dance. And Haley's like, you literally never asked me that. And again, there's another back and forth about lying and God, just exhausting. You guys, this was so annoying. And so Kevin's like, I think I speak for all of us when I just, I don't really think it's important. What I don't, it doesn't matter. These like little Bickerson, Mr. And Mrs. Bickerson tiffs that you guys are getting on right now like I don't think it matters like clearly you guys just didn't work out maybe you'll find other partners so then he makes Haley say something to Jacob and she's like well at the end of the day neither of us got what we wanted or what we asked for but I do hope the best for you after this and Jacob says claims that he has no animosity towards her I would beg to differ um and that he hopes that they can find somebody in the future that they can both click with so Kevin then asks them what they're looking for in a partner. Literally, who gives a shit next? (laughs) So then we have a a quick segment with the men. Something that I did not think was actually going to happen. But they all got together, except for Chris. Um, Eric says he's not surprised that Chris wasn't there. But if he were there, um, he would want to... Uh, explain some things like yeah we know we know that you're a control freak who wants to manipulate the situation that makes you seem like a good guy got it got it we've seen you do that literally all season so jacob says (laughs) chris is probably the most hated man in georgia and surprisingly i thought they didn't have any sort of relationship ryan admits that they don't hang out really like the girls do but they do have a pretty strong group chat and then eric says some bullshit about how they're gonna be friends forever like okay girl this isn't like the babysitters club um summer camp special and vincent as they clearly they had nothing you guys because kevin asked vincent to describe in one word all the men so he says that ryan is a hype man 
um, that Eric is the one who mellows everyone out and Jacob is the funny guy. All the guys agree that Jacob is funny. Jacob says all the other wives think I'm funny too. It was literally just Haley that did not laugh at me. Um, so then they play the clip. <laughs> and I had to wonder if Kevin has some sort of say because he was not done with Jacob's ass. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And clearly you're not going to hear what I have to say and my opinions on how you act in front of Haley. But I'm going to um, play this footage in front of all the dudes and have them show you how embarrassing you act. Um, so they show the clip of when Haley and Jacob get back from Vegas from their honeymoon and they get to their couple's apartment and they were fighting because Jacob was feeling some type of way because he felt like Haley had lied to him about having a girl's night down at the casino with the other wives. But then he went downstairs and saw everybody, the husband's there as well. And they ran from him. That is his story. So, um, Eric and Ryan, both say we were both under the impression that it was to be a girl's night. Eric says, <laughs> this was so telling. He's like, Oh, well, I don't really know. Like it wasn't planned, but I did end up down there just like, and I was there for a period of time. <laughs> so you clearly like found some leftover rumplements on the bathroom counter that Haley, that Virginia left when she was, you know, putting her, eyeshadow on he found some lavender rumplements and he stumbled downstairs because he was like oh my, my virginia blah, blah. like i can't be away from you you're not allowed to have girls nights whatever he clearly did that because he could not resist himself right eric is just that kind of guy but then ryan says oh well i was upstairs thinking that they were having a girls night too. But then Clara texted me saying, Hey, everybody's downstairs. Eric's here. Come hang out. So that's his story. Um, so basically Jacob at that point is like, Oh, well, Clara did to you, Ryan, what I wish that Haley had done to me. Just texted me and said, Hey, everybody actually is going to be hanging out. So you're welcome to come down. He's like, I would have told her no, thank you. And I don't believe that, but I, again, another situation where I have to agree, like if it turned into not a girl's night and he's literally just upstairs, I know you don't fuck with him, but that would have been a moment where you said, let's try and figure it out or let's try and like be at a better place. Now, granted, this was probably the night that after she had that clearly horrible sex. <laughs> so maybe she wasn't feeling very um, friendly and open in any sense of the word, but there, there could have been a time where she, you know, a situation where she would have not had it be like, um, what's his face? I don't care. Never mind. <laughs> I don't care about Jacob. I'm not even going to try and make, I'm, I'm not even going to try. I, I don't care. <laughs> So what happens after that? Um, so during that conversation or the, by the conversation, I mean fight that Jacob and Haley had at the apartment, he said, 
to Haley, oh, I specifically asked to not be paired up with somebody who was high strung. So Kevin asks, do you regret referring to Haley as high strung? And he says, because he has an answer for everything. He says, well, Haley was just not speaking to me when cameras weren't around. And when they were around, she would be this like bubbly different person. And I would just still be stuck in this emotion of her not speaking to me. But he says that he does regret the way he reacted to her and that he apologized to her privately, which is something that he said before. So Kevin's not finished. Kevin is not done. And then he decides to play another clip package of Jacob's worst hits. Um, It's of him continuously asking Haley about shutting her down and being passive aggressive towards her. And they show the reaction of the other three guys and they look so uncomfortable. They start with Eric. He's playing with his tie Ryan's trying not to even look at the screen. Vincent keeps licking his lips. (laughs) And so when they finish, um, Kevin asks Ryan what he thinks. And Ryan starts bursting out laughing. And he's like, well, that's Jacob. (laughs) And then he says, no, but like, seriously, I would consider Jacob to be a friend. And even a friend after the show is off. But, and then Vincent says that he just thinks that Jacob's a little bit more vocal about his feelings. So, he is kind of team Jacob and is like, if I were in a position that he was in, I probably would have said the same stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because you're an insecure man who pouts when he doesn't get his way or where he feels like his manhood. And I'm rolling my eyes right now is being um, challenged in any sort of way. So yeah, I, I, yeah, everybody understands that you would be on Jacob's side. Um, So Jacob starts talking again. Honestly, like, I just could not listen to him. Like, even if he, I said, like I said, not entirely wrong. I'm just, it's just obvious that this situation has been taking up a lot of space in his head. And so he's got an answer for everything, but they're not healthy answers of somebody who has really thought about his role in the situation. It's just an excuse for why he acts the way he does because Haley's such a fucking bitch, you know? And this is why I call him incel adjacent. Like he really never admits to doing anything that would have contributed to the downfall or the non-existence really of their marriage or their relationship or their friendship or acquaintanceship. Then he says something weird. He, Jacob says something like, I could have been her best friend after this. But she wanted to act like I wasn't committed. Isn't that weird to you guys? Like, oh, I could have given her the gift of my friendship, but she didn't want to play right. So I took my toys home and blocked her on Snapchat. Now, that'll teach her. Okay. <laughs> um. So then Kevin just says, listen, Jacob, I was a fan of the show. I just wish that you had been a little bit more romantic with Haley. So then Kevin changes the topic about how the men, the married men are adjusted to being married. And I really didn't care about the answers because all of the men are very quickly, except for Vincent, are trying to, 
you know, act like they're trying to be quirky and funny and, oh, I'm just like the blundering. Like, for those of you who guys are familiar, for those of y'all who are familiar with Vanderpump Rules and Jax Taylor, Jax Taylor has now attempted, he's attempting to evolve himself into this like long suffering, I'm always mowing the lawn and grilling hot meats outside husband and oh I'm just like the bumbling husband and father and oh everything in my life is like a fucking um Nancy Myers family movie where like the kids are running around and he's just like this bumbling little husband who ne- is like just a victim to his children and his wife right so Eric and uh Ryan are basically doing the same thing here's what I found particularly chilling Eric starts talking about how there were multiple things that were chilling about this situation. Eric starts talking about how um, Virginia moved, turned, is like, I have a two bedroom, two bedroom, two bedroom, two bathroom townhouse. I, you know, Virginia took that second bedroom, that guest bedroom and made it into her closet. And now the cats are there and they have their own space. And I just want to wonder like, how much time does Virginia spend in her space? And I think it's very interesting how Virginia's whole reason for not wanting to move in is because she did not want it to be her moving into his home. And now he's waxing all cutesy about how she's like relegated all her shit to this one room, right? Ryan, I mean, that part was chilling on its own, right? Ryan says, yeah, I want to retweet that. (laughs) You want to what? Do people who are not on Twitter say in real life, I want to retweet that? (laughs) Ew. Like I said, Vincent was the only one who said something reasonably normal. And he said, uh, Brianna sacrificed by moving into my apartment. So I told her she could do whatever she wanted. She could decorate the living room, decorate the bathroom, decorate the bedroom as she saw fit because she came into my space and so I wanted to make her feel comfortable by doing whatever she wanted not just putting her shit up and hoarding those cats in a single bedroom to accommodate your fake um allergies not just um whatever Clara's doing you know how much space does Mishka have that's what I'm concerned about you know um The subject changes to Virginia's drinking habits, and I really didn't care about the first segment, that scene where they're, like, in the middle of, um, I don't know, some, like, like Scarface or something, where it's just, like, (laughs) things are at their lowest point. They're both clearly have tied one on and are, like, struggling to have this serious conversation about Virginia and her going out habits. I didn't care about that. The second segment was so funny. And... One of the only times that Chris was both funny and correct, <laughs> in which they went on their little dune buggy um, trip. And this is after Eric and Virginia had that, like, I can't live like this conversation. They go to the dune buggies and they're trying to talk to Chris about his behavior and how he treats Paige and <laughs> Chris. Chris calls them a bunch, a couple of drunkies and you guys are concerned about me. I'm concerned about you guys walking around the casino drunk. 
How about that? And <laughs> Eric's response to that is like, oh, you know, we were just enjoying our vacation, our honeymoon. Once we got back to the real world, our, our lives weren't really like that. We weren't really behaving like this. Like everything was fine. The things that he's been saying all of a sudden, like as soon as we entered into the real world, everything's been so perfect and wow, isn't life great? Okay. Um, was that the end? Yeah. Next we'll move on to the expert segment. Okay, so getting to the experts, they clearly had a game plan. And their game plan was to start running defense immediately about the choice to have Chris on the show. The pastor Cal says, you never really know how somebody's going to be until they're in the process and on the show. But this has been the most stressful season, and everybody agrees. So Kevin asked Dr. Pepper her favorite couples of the season. And this was kind of boring, but sort of interesting where she says, obviously Ryan and Clara and, uh, Brianna and Vincent were my favorites. However, with them, it was like, they kind of got off on a great start and on great footing immediately. Whereas I think she got maybe more fulfillment out of Virginia and Eric because they were actual, tough things that they had to go through. I guess we're pretending that Ryan and Clara were just as much a prestige couple as Brianna and Vincent. Okay, let's move on. Um, they all agree that they were obviously <laughs> most disappointed in Chris and that they all liked him when they met him. And they basically all felt duped by him on the show. So then the experts explain the thought process behind matching Haley and Jacob together and how Pastor Cal says he wished that Jacob had had more fun and that Haley would have been more accepting of who he was because he would have been a great source of stability for her. So I feel like we always ask these questions of what, um, what is the pathology behind this? What, it, what is the reasoning behind matching these two people? And I feel like they say it in the beginning, but we never for remember. And for him to say, oh, we thought that Jacob would uh, provide a lot of stability for Haley. It just feels like not enough. <laughs> I don't know that Haley's un unstable. I think she's a perfectly stable human being. I think she needs somebody who's fun and who knows how to have fun. Um... Dr. Pepper and Viviana were kind of on one side and Pastor Cal was sort of on the other where Pastor Cal just really felt like Jacob clearly was a flop. And Dr. Pepper and Dr. Viviana both agree that Haley rejected Jacob over and over and they were actually surprised that he wasn't more hurt by how he treated her. So then Pastor Cal says that he feels like if Jacob had been more relaxed... <laughs> then Haley would have probably been more upset, receptive to coming around on him. And then they show this never before seen clip of them playing the fishbowl game that I think Dr. Viviana asked them to play where you take slips of paper and they have like questions or dares on them and you're supposed to do them. Duh. So one of the suggestions was that they hold hands for the duration of the game. And Haley's response was like, Ugh. You know, like, I don't really like to hold hands that much. Like, it's not really my thing. But, like, um, you know, okay, I guess, I guess we can. And Dr. Pepper 
in the corner because they're doing a picture in picture on her reaction and her <laughs> her response is cold cold she's just cold <laughs> so then dr pepper says that she thinks that Haley is not only cold to him but she's probably like that with everybody because she says she didn't like to cuddle and do this or that like physical touch things but <clears throat> dr viviana stops her and says no i specifically remember talking to her during the selection process and Haley is saying that she did like to do all those things and pastor cal says yeah She's not attracted to him. <laughs> and I have to <clears throat> take a moment to recognize that this is the first time that I am fully on Pastor Cal's side and maybe not so much on Viviana and Dr. Pepper. Even though they're not technically wrong, I think they're not fully getting to the whole reason why this didn't work. Dr. Pepper says something that cracked me the hell up <laughs> she says well she should be able to hold his hand i mean in comradeship even you know <laughs> who who uses the, the phrase com i did we expect dr pepper to use the the term comradeship in conversation no i don't think we did but i loved it <laughs> then they bring up a very good point about jacob so the first question in the fishbowl game was for Jacob to tell Haley what his, what about her, like physically he's most attracted to. And he makes this joke about, oh, it's your kneecaps because, you know, as we get older, the kneecaps like really tell the story about how old you are and like yours are holding up really well, blah, blah, blah. He's like trying to be funny. Right. And Kevin says to Dr. Viviana, do you think that that was messed up on Jacob's part? And Dr. Viviana says, absolutely, because when you're in the very beginning stages of getting to know one another in a romantic way, you shouldn't use opportunities to be, like, sarcastic, you know, when you could just be sweet. And I think this is a great point on Haley's side of he didn't really ever understand what she needed like that's a fine joke to make in the early stages if you guys are like a brianna and vincent and you already have that like clear sexual attraction to one another where you can just like make these jokes and move on but for them they were already on like the shakiest of grounds you know like if they were trying to survive on a pile of dip and dots like it just wasn't gonna work on a hot summer's day like it's already not solid, and it's just going to get worse. Um, so Kevin then asks the experts what they think Haley and Jacob need. <laughs> Dr. Pepper is so over Haley, and she's like, well, I just think that Haley really needs to, like, dig deep, and um, she needs to think about being how she's, like, constantly put off by small things, and I just wonder if she ever thinks about how that might not ever work out for her. Or if anybody would be acceptable for Haley at this point, you know? <laughs> so Pastor Gal says, well, I just think if Jake had a little bit more swag and maybe not been so concerned about the attractiveness aspect, they could have gotten somewhere. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Viviana was kind of in the middle and she says she feels like Jacob thought he was trying, but it was a little misguided and that Haley was trying in her own way, but she couldn't get past the wall of not being attracted to Jacob. And I think 
that's all we can really talk about with them. I'm so thoroughly done. <laughs> I don't think I felt this way about a couple before. Like even at the end, even at like part two of the reunion, I don't think I've just been like, I can't talk about two individuals anymore. And that's how I feel about Haley and Jacob. Mm. Quickly, they they start talking about Virginia and Eric, and Kevin says that in the beginning, he really thought that this relationship was going to be very complicated and a tough match, and you were correct. Thank you. Me too. Um, I also thought that they would be a tough match in the middle and the end, and then now currently as well. Um, and any point in the future, in the next nine months before either they divorce or have a child. So... Um, anyway, they bring up something that I thought they were going to avoid, which was the political stuff and their differences. They didn't really get into it, but I did like that they, did I like that they touched on it? Because the answer was very, like, whack to me. (laughs) Because Dr. Viviana says that, well, you know, not every couple are like a hundred percent in alignment when it comes to their political views and they're able to make it work. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably true, but also I hate that. (laughs) Like in the grandest scheme of things, we should be able to live in a world in which people can have varying political views and it's not such a, comment on who we are as people and how empathetic we are like the political spectrum shouldn't be as far away from the other as they are if we're gonna get philosophical about it but this is the world that we live in where eric saying in a flashback saying that like we have differences in opinion when it comes to social aspects of the political universe and that's really her problem she's the one who gets upset and like I don't like talking about it because it's a sensitive issue but that's her problem when she I mean you're having this man enter your family you have a lesbian sister you have a sister who I think you said did IVF. You have a sister who's clearly very liberal. You feel similarly to her. I just think it's unfair. I, uh, it's such a tough thing. Like I personally could never imagine having dating or wanting to be married to somebody who was more than... 10%, maybe even 15% outside of like more conservative than me. Like, I just don't know how people do that. I understand that it happens, but I feel like it clearly was an issue for them because it had been brought up multiple times, particularly by Virginia. So I just felt like it, I would have liked to hear more about that, but. I would have liked to hear more about that from Virginia and Eric and not from the perspective of somebody else, you know? So anyway, that was really all that they said about Eric and Virginia. Moving on to Ryan and Clara. Dr. Viviana says that she feels like neither of them were being totally transparent about what was going on with their feelings or with them. But she's like, I don't care if the couples on the show don't have sex. 
The issue is that they should be on the same page. And if they're not on the same page, they should be willing to, on the show, to discuss it and come to a a conclusion about the situation. Um, So Kevin tells them what they didn't know, which is that Ryan earlier had said that he loved Clara. And um, Dr. Pepper says, well, I believed that Ryan loved Clara for quite some time, but he's just very intentional and he is, he's got that wall up, which again is, I just feel like there's a lot more to the situation than that. And also I would have liked them to really ask Ryan about that. But they didn't, so let's move on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So Kevin says, let's unpack the full cup of crazy that is Paige and Chris. <laughs> so Kevin starts off by asking Pastor Cal about Chris saying Paige was ugly and how he just didn't like her face and how despicable he felt that was and how he felt about Chris saying that. Like, Pastor Cal, how do you feel? Pastor Cal says it was really difficult for him because he has to separate his emotional response, his knee-jerk reaction to him being a professional on the show. And he says that, listen, Chris is not ready for this kind of commitment. And what kind of BS is saying that you're not what I want, but you're what I need? And so Dr. Viviana says there were several times in which they were focused on figuring out what Paige needed in the moment and how to get her to get it clicking under that weave girl and get the wheels turning and um, let them lead you down the path of divorce. (laughs) And so she said, we kept trying to get her there, but listen, you can't lead a horsehair wig to water and make it drink, you know? Um, She says she's glad she finally figured it out though. And then Dr. Pepper says that she had to reframe her thinking about Paige and really understand that Paige is thinking about her marriage through the lens of religion And that basically Paige was more committed to being on the show than anyone, not this season, of the whole time that Dr. Pepper's been on the show. (laughs) And that it was just hard to watch her to watch her continue to commit to the process, like no matter what. 
and that she 100% wanted Paige to get out of the situation, but Paige had to do it on her own. And so then Kevin says, he like basically lays out how exhausted, exhaustive the decision process is with the interviews and the screenings and the tests and the psych tests and the financial look back. And I, I read this whole thing earlier about the things that you don't know about the behind the scenes. And a lot of it was touching on the selection process where they do go back in your financial records and they do have to do a psych evaluation and they do have to, um, there was a rule about them having never been married before, but I guess we have scrapped that. (laughs) So, um, just like all the steps that they have to take and how uh, Kevin says, was this a case of Chris being able to fool everyone because he went through a lot of people and he jumped through a lot of hoops and yet he ended up being definitively the worst cast member of all time. Um, So Viviana and Cal say that he was super focused on looks like hyper focused. And Viviana says If I can't understand, like, if that was so important to him, if looks and being attracted to somebody was so important to him, why would he have been on the show? And that they asked him, Viviana's like, I asked him every type of question about what he, what his type was, does, what body type does he prefer? What does he go for in terms of looks? They go and uh, the contestants have to show pictures of past relationships and, you know, to get a sense of what they used to be into. And she's like, I just don't get it. And it felt like Chris was being honest and open about it the entire time. So Dr. Pepper says... (laughs) I find Chris to be a man without any empathy for what he said about Paige or what he did to her. And if we had any inkling that he was going to be the man that we saw on TV, we never would have picked him. Um, Kevin says that (laughs) he says multiple times that Paige is a broken woman. (laughs) He's like, so Paige, a broken woman. She, how does she feel about this? And because you guys broke Paige, um, she was also nationally humiliated on television. And Dr. Pepper says, <laughs> I don't think she's broken. And I'm constantly amazed by Paige's strength. And then Pastor Cal says, I just don't want to put this idea out that Paige is a broken shell of a woman because Paige does not want to be perceived that way. Um, but how do you feel? (laughs) Calling somebody broken is a lot. It's extreme. Um, would I say that it was an unfair characteristic to label on page? Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, I guess there is a point to be made that, um, she's still here. She's still surviving. Um, doesn't seem to be having a whole lot of fun. (laughs) but she's around. Um, I think that broken should only be used in extreme cases, but this was also an extreme case. So, um, then 
we're done with the experts. The whole cast comes out, except for Chris. And one of the topics, the first topics that they discussed was the big fight on the honeymoon between Chris and Clara and Chris and, Chris and Virginia and then Chris and Eric and then sort of Ryan, but not really. And then the fight between Chris and, you know, his ankles. So then... They paid Tessa run defense for Chris once again and says that she thinks the reason why Chris told Clara and Virginia. Okay. To backtrack to this fight. So he, he was feeling some type of way because Virginia and Clara were trying to take up for Paige after finding out that he was having a baby on the way. They get into it, Chris, Clara and Virginia. And at one point Chris says, Y'all aren't even her friends. You don't need to be taking care of her or, you know, defending her, right? Um, so Paige is running defense and she says, well, the reason, in a good way, I, I should clarify, Paige is running defense and in a good way this time. And she says, well, I think the reason why Chris said that y'all aren't friends was because he was just feeling some type of way. He was feeling like he wasn't being supported when at the end of the day, these people do care about me. And naturally when they find out such big news like that, they're going to wonder and ask me if I'm okay. So he just couldn't handle it. Basically. She also says, God bless that. She has some clarity in the sense that they don't owe him anything. And, you know, their concern was a natural and expected situation. So Kevin asks if Virginia and Eric feel differently about seeing Chris apologize. Because if you remember, they get into that fight. Everybody has a group dinner that night. Virginia and Eric are too busy pounding shots of fireball. And they show up to dinner late. Prior to them showing up. Chris apologizes to Ryan and Clara for what happened and things go awry because they didn't know that, but they also like came at him kind of left. <laughs> he felt some type of way. And then this whole kerfuffle began. So, um, she, Virginia says, um, actually, no, I don't care at all that he apologized. Uh, to them I don't care that I wasn't there doesn't change anything to know that he apologized before we got there I don't care first of all I think that he really didn't need to apologize to Eric or Ryan because the people that he came at were me and Clara and secondly um we've seen Chris use his charm to try and get out of things and I feel like he only apologized to make himself look better fair enough Fair enough. At the time, I remember thinking that was a genuine apology and he felt very contrite and honest, but she brings up a good point is he, he does put on a very good mask of contrition when he wants to. And then three minutes later, you find him trying to cut up in a parking lot in, you know, L- Lilburn, Lilburn, Georgia. Okay. So what is the truth? What is the truth? Um, moving on, they have former cast members ask the current cast members questions. Like Miles asks Paige how she's doing and 
I swear that, like, nobody knows the trouble I've seen starts playing in the background. Maybe that was just my head. I don't know. Let me know if you saw it on your TV, because that's what it felt like. Um, Paige says she's taking a lot of, doing a lot of therapy and surrounding herself with friends and family. And she's writing, like, girl, just drop the album. Drop the SoundCloud link. Just let us know. And she's just trying to keep herself above water. I'm like, wow, that's... It's really sad, Paige. <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> Ryan says, we love you, Paige. And I'm like, wow, you got real loose lip with the love now, aren't we, Ryan? Now that uh, camera's about to be down. Interesting. Um, Deanna of Deanna and Greg asked Virginia if she would choose between Rocky or uh, Eric if Sophie's choice had to be made. Virginia made the right choice. She chose Rocky. Low key. High key, she she chose Rocky. She's like, well, Eric can fend for himself. Rocky cannot. So, thank you. This is the only thing that Virginia has said that has made sense since before Decision Day. Um, Kevin asks for final thoughts from the cast, and they're pretty obvious. um, uh, It just feels like Paige had just found maybe a third therapist or a fourth one. I'm not sure which number she's on now, but it felt like she was in the beginning stages of doing the work because she was using a lot of therapy language and, you know, talking about doing the work and she wants everybody to know that yet again, she's not a victim and she's choosing herself. And if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And she was just like, she she needs to take a social media break, I would think. Like, maybe you mute the Married at First Sight hashtag and turn off people's ability to tag you. I think that's the only way you're going to uh, get what you want, which apparently is for people to stop calling you a dumb bitch. And I'm sorry, like, you know... <laughs> That's just going to have to be the road you walk down, girl. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Um, you're the one who got into that rented Audi just 30 minutes ago. So if you don't want people to call you a dumb bitch, then maybe you should take the shoes that you got from AliExpress off of that wet pavement and into Chris's car again. So I don't know. That would just be my suggestion. Anyway, Clara ends the episode by saying that she wants people to be nicer on the internet. And if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all, which again, ma'am, not the point of the show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am, what do you want us to do? We want it. We want, you want us to watch you popping off on a, a, camera (laughs) on a surveillance camera to your girlfriends about how you're not getting any dick at all but you're giving it up and you want us to just be nice about that okay okay i waited all season to say something about her those eyelash extensions okay where's my reward okay anyway that's it you guys that is the end of married at first sight atlanta we'll be back with dallas I'm excited about it. Houston. It's Houston, not Dallas. (laughs) Looking forward to it. If you guys have gotten to the end of the season without giving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would 
you know, humbly request that you could do that if you have the time. Thank you in advance. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.